Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. When I was a reporter writing about the Bay Area's housing crisis, I remember seeing the cost of living hitting different cities like dominoes. Like the high rents that started in San Francisco went to Oakland, and then I saw them in Sacramento, popping up farther and farther away. And the problems that come with the high living costs traveled too, like homelessness. One kind of homelessness we don't talk about nearly enough is student homelessness. I don't want to live in a shelter forever. I want to get home, too. All I see is other people happy because they have a home. One of the places in California with the highest rates of student homelessness is Monterey County, which now has more than 9,000 homeless students. Today, we're going to visit one school district there that's trying to track and help its kids. I'm Devin Kadiyama. Welcome to the Bay. Student homelessness, I learned, is a really different thing. It tends to be under the radar. When we're talking about homeless kids in schools, we're using a different definition. This is Vanessa Rancano. She's KQED's education reporter. The federal definition includes kids who are living in really crowded situations, even kids who'd be living in trailers. So I was interested in this population, and I heard that the numbers on the Central Coast were particularly high. I started looking at Monterey County, and I noticed that this one school district had almost 40% of students in this one district who are considered homeless. Which school district is this? Salinas City Elementary School District. It's... A little before 10 a.m., I am at Sherwood Elementary School in Salinas. Buenos dias. I'm trying to get into the Family Resource Center. I'm here to meet Cheryl. It's a pretty small district. It's a little over a dozen schools. About 9,000 students in the district. Sherwood Elementary. Somos respetuosos, somos responsables, so estamos listos para aprender. Okay. Hi. I did. Hi, Cheryl. Very nice to meet you. Hi, Vanessa. Hi. I'm Cheryl Kameny. I'm the homeless liaison, and I work at the Family Resource Center of Salina City Elementary School District, where we serve our foster youth and our homeless youth. Boys. You, you guys need to walk. Where are you guys going? Breakfast. Oh, your second opportunity breakfast, huh? No wonder. They're hungry. There's probably close to 10,000 kids total in the whole district. 
of which over 3,300 students are homeless. So it's 37% of our district is homeless. If you look at the numbers, about 8,000 of the 9,000 homeless students in this county are living in super crowded situations. They're not on the streets, they're not living in cars, they're not in shelters. They have a home, but it's either a substandard home, could be a garage, they could not have electricity. I heard stories about people living in chicken coops. But I think the most common situation is just that it's two to three families to a home. It's not easy to live in a home with a family in general. Um, so I imagine there's a lot of problems that come up just because the spaces are so crowded. Yeah, and that's precisely why this definition of homelessness is as broad as it is. ¿Y qué te gusta de tomar? Agua. I went to visit a family. They're living 13 to a two-bedroom apartment. Sí, este, pues sí es difícil. I'm going to call the mom Josefina because she pleaded with me not to use her, her real name because she knows that uh, this is a definite violation of housing codes. Uh, the family has moved around a lot from place to place. Um, is this 13 people in this two-bedroom apartment all family? Or? They're two families. The way they live, this family of six that I visited is in one bedroom. A family of seven is living in the other bedroom. So what that looks like, I was told, is usually Josefina and her husband sleeping on the ground, the kids sharing this queen-size bed. What are some of the issues that come up with the kids that have to do with what's happening in school? Anytime they need to use the bathroom in the morning. There's a line. That's something that illustrated what I was hearing from teachers, yeah. right? Which is, we can't give our kids any assignments that that assume that they'll have any resources at home. All the things I, I kind of took for granted when I was in grade school and did. Right. Yeah. That, and, uh, and then kids often come in very tired because they haven't slept well. Um, they're hungry. They have a hard time concentrating. There can be a lot of shame um, in some cases. I, I guess I'm surprised that there's not only 9,000 homeless students in Monterey County, but 1,000 of them aren't living in any kind of sheltered area. What does that mean for the other 1,000? Where are they living? Are they living in shelters? And if so, where are these shelters? Sometimes they're in tents or on the streets or in cars, but often they're in shelters. I went to one uh, near downtown Salinas. Uh, it was a weeknight. It was packed beyond capacity. 25 kids were there, so like a third of the people there were kids. It was a lot of families, um, and these were converted, these were city offices that were, that were converted into a shelter. Really flimsy walls, Jeez. no doors on the rooms. You could see all the families trying to sleep. Some people brought air mattresses. 
and we ran into Mariano and Anna, Sile and Gisbel's parents, and asked them if they'd be willing to, to sit down with us. Well, um, my name is Mario, and I'm basically here today trying to tell people what happened with our family and why we find ourselves at a shelter. And I guess the easiest way to say it is the things that go nowadays, it seems that everything's too expensive and not enough money to uh, get things. Finding jobs is even more difficult. So along those lines and a little bit of stroke of bad luck, we find ourselves where we're at right now. The older daughter, Gisbel, is in seventh grade. The younger daughter, Siley, is in fifth grade. Hi, I'm Siley. Siley, how, how old are you? I'm 10. And what grade are you in? In fifth. Okay. Siley came right over, standing next to her mom, and was more eager than anyone uh, to share her experience. Pain just feels sometimes that we're not might be able to get a house, but I keep praying. Sometimes I feel like... She's really worried that she's going to be taken away from her parents. Sometimes I feel like... My family might lose me. <laughs> I feel like they might take me away from my family. <laughs> she's worried about how she's performing in school. She talked about not being able to concentrate. School's just been pain so I can't, get, I can't concentrate real good. I do get all my work done. Sometimes I don't. I miss school. It sounds like she's very aware of the situation that she's in. Um, she's certainly aware of the fact that a lot of people are not in this situation. I try to do everything we can. We also donate things for them. I don't want to live in a shelter forever. When I get home, too, all those other people. <laughs> These kids are up against some really stiff challenges. She says it all. I don't know how you go to school uh, and deal with the social dynamics there. I don't know how you concentrate. Uh, I don't know how you develop self-esteem, confidence. But living with chronic stress changes your brain, right? I mean, there are physical changes happening in your brain that affect your ability to concentrate. They affect your ability to control your emotions. They affect your attention span and it's quite likely that these students are not reaching their full potential because of what they're bringing to school with them. I know the school district has an obligation to help students like Siley. What resources are available to families like Siley's? So school districts have a legal obligation to try to identify these students so that they can offer help. The idea is to just help them get the same access to an education 
that every other kid is getting. It's about removing barriers, right? So that means that they have to help provide things that other students are getting. So they have to provide uniforms. Kids get free meals automatically if they're identified as homeless. It might mean transportation, right? If this family is moving around, the districts have to try to offer them transportation so they can keep going to the same school. I can imagine for school districts, this could be very, very difficult, especially when you have so many homeless students. Do you have any idea how the school district that Siley's in is dealing with this? Salinas City Elementary School District. They're doing a really good job, as best I can tell. A lot of districts are not. California Department of Education reports that 400 districts around the state have not identified a single homeless student, right? Even though experts will tell you that there are homeless kids in just about every community in the state. I was going to say that sounds very shocking to not have a homeless student in your district. Right. Does the Bay Area play a role in this? I've heard these stories where places that we haven't talked about before in, in California becoming expensive are all of a sudden having to deal with a lot of the challenges that come with high cost of living. Is that happening in Salinas? Yes, that seems to be part of it. I think a huge piece is just a limited housing stock, right? There's just not enough housing. Salinas used to be a you know relatively working class place. The rents, they've increased faster. Just you can imagine how if they're rising that fast, that's going to contribute to both rising student homelessness and rising traditional homelessness. Thank you so much. Thank you. Vanessa Rancano is KQED's education reporter. I feel like we've seen this story play out so many times here in the Bay Area. When rents increase at these fast rates, it makes it less affordable for people who are already living there, but still affordable for people who have the cash to move there. So those who can't afford it are forced into crowded homes or onto the streets. Find more of Vanessa's reporting on student homelessness in Monterey County, visit kqed.org. The Bay is produced by Eric Aguilar and editor Vinny Tong. Our theme music is by Dowd Anthony. Our team includes Julie Kane, Ethan Lindsay, and Holly Kernan. I'm Devin Kadiyama. Talk to you next week. love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area, its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures, then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S.